It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can fire the coach, you can change the play caller, but the results remain the same as the Carolina Panthers are now 1-11. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Wednesday throughout the rest of the regular season, I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get your questions in for this week's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked On Panthers. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Carolina Panthers, 18. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 21. I, I, I just don't understand. I give a lot of credit to Chris Tabor, the Panthers interim head coach, and to this staff and to the players for being competitive this afternoon down there in Tampa Bay, despite uh, a torrential downpour in the first half. I give them a lot of credit for coming out and for playing hard and not giving up. And we have seen over the course of the last couple of seasons where things have obviously not been great, 
you really haven't seen Panthers teams just completely quit and pack it in. We have seen epic collapses in the second half of seasons, but we really have not seen teams go out there and just not give any sort of energy and effort, especially uh, since they hired Matt Rule. And then going back to last season when Steve Wilkes took over and how that team was able to really bring back the kind of culture that I think is necessary for any team in the NFL, but particularly here in Charlotte, to have success. So I give them a lot of credit for how they went out there and performed today. I, I love the fact that they ran the ball more than they passed the ball, 34 rushing attempts, the 31 pass attempts. But unfortunately, it should have been more rush attempts than what we saw on Sunday afternoon. I'm just sick and tired of coaches getting in the way of allowing this team a chance to win. We saw it last week, and while we had the conversation, not knowing whether that would be Frank Reich's last game or not, We did not believe the Panthers were going to go down and tie the game against Tennessee last week. But the idea that Bryce Young is going to be able to check into a throw out to the flat to DJ Chark on fourth in game, how that's even possible, is just mind-blowing. And then today, third and one, first down, Chiba Hubbard runs the ball for five yards. Second down, he runs the ball for four yards. On third and one, you decide to throw the football. Incomplete. And on fourth down, after giving a chance to throw the ball there on third down and getting nothing, and after seeing Chuba Hubbard, who carried the ball for twenty for 140, uh, for 104 yards, 25 times, 25 carries for 104 yards, first 100-yard rusher of the season, only the second time this year that Tampa Bay has given up a 100-yard rusher. They were down to their fifth in six-string linebackers. They had a safety who had to come up and play linebacker because of the injuries that they had Devin White, Levante David, to um, another a rookie this uh, on, the, on the afternoon. And you throw the football. You run the ball for 133 yards on the afternoon. You have a terrible passing offense. That's been the case all season long. Thomas Brown did a good job of mixing run and pass, but really leaning on a downhill rushing game. And that's the play call on third down and fourth down. Just disgraceful, man. I'm sick of watching it. Honestly, watching the game today, barely paying attention because who cares? The team sucks. And even when they find a way to stay in the game, the defense gets in the ball back, they're undone by coaching. So it doesn't even matter. You can sit there all afternoon, hope the team's going to win, but eventually the coaching staff is going to come up with a boneheaded play call and it's going to end the game. Did it last week, did it again today, and I'm just sick and tired of watching it. So, yeah, cool. Thomas Brown, he's a play caller, five more games. I've already said it doesn't do Bryce Young any good to keep changing play callers. Honestly, would rather just see Parks Frazier because we know that Thomas Brown clearly doesn't have it at this level. He didn't have it in those three games, didn't have it today, and he is part of the problem here in Carolina. He built this offense with Frank Reich, and we've seen how bad it's been all season long. Sure, he wanted Bryce Young, but he did a great job putting Bryce in position to win the game today by asking Bryce to throw the ball in the third and one, then again on fourth and one. Just sick of seeing it. Really am. Credit Juba Hubbard to the offensive line for the ability that they had to run the football today. Uh, but this is just – don't even want to talk about it, honestly. Panthers are now 1-51 in their last 52 games and trailing after the third quarter. And that is just putrid. So that's all I'm going to say about the game. We can talk about the reporting that came out from Adam Schefter and Diana Rossini. But as far as the game goes today, just sick to my stomach after watching that play call decision by Thomas Brown and absolutely over him and the entire offense coaching staff. And best of luck to all of them in their future endeavors because I never, never want to see a single one of these individuals here in Carolina once we get to the new year or the season's over because that is just disgraceful. 
that that's the call that you're going to make with the game on the line. Unbelievable. All right, take a quick pause here, come back, and I will uh, talk about the reporting from Adam Schefter and Diana Rossini because who really cares about this football game as the Panthers drop it 21-18 thanks to Thomas Brown and the coaching staff once again failing the players here on a Sunday afternoon. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself, and the holidays are a great time to do that. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. If you're thinking of starting therapy, BetterHelp is, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Shout out to the 104 people here live with me on YouTube as we talk about the Carolina Panthers' latest loss. Uh, you heard my opening thoughts about Thomas Brown and the way the game ended. That's all I got to say about the game. Just, if, they're, if that's what they're going to decide to do, then I'm just not going to give any sort of comments on the game. That's that's what they want to do. So let's just move on to figuring out the future here in Carolina because clearly the next five games are all just going to be a waste of everyone's time. So let's get into uh, some of the reporting that came out over the weekend. And this is how things typically work in the NFL. You have a bunch of embargoed information that will come out either on Saturday morning or really on Sunday morning right before the pregame shows or as pregame shows are going on and really let you know what's going on with your team. So we're all wondering what's the future here in Carolina and also, we want some insight to why David Tepper fired Frank Reich. Well, we know because Bryce Young has not played at a high enough level. The offense has been a complete uh, disaster. He hired guys like Thomas Brown that don't know how to run the football, and that's all you've done well all day long. So that's part of the reason why he's not here. But David Tepper would not tell, this, tell us that on Tuesday why he decided to fire Frank Reich, even though we kind of all know. And according to Adam Schefter of, of course, ESPN, he came out and said um, that, well, let me get to actually Diana Rossini. She had some better insight into why the decision happened. Diana Rossini, formerly of ESPN, but now The Athletic. Uh, if you think about C.J. Stroud, the way he's played so far this season, that did play a role. Uh, she was she quoted um, one of her sources saying, Stroud's early success 100% played into Tepper's decision to fire uh, Frank Reich. We all felt the pressure and frustrations. It's hard to step in and carry the weight of a franchise, and Bryce has had it harder than most, which we, of course, have seen as the offense line has been putrid. Today, Justin McCray, who was elevated after the practice squad, he started as along with Nas Jensen, who made his first career NFL snaps last week. So the fact that they are now down to, I think it's been six left guards, five or seven right guards this season, that is just insane, the amount of churn there's been on the offensive line uh, due to injury, but also just performance-related, um, as you saw with those guys out there today. So Bryce Young has not had any help when it comes to that. The playmakers have not been good. The running game has not been great, but it was solid today as Chuba Hubbard went for over 100 yards First time it's happened all season long for a Carolina Panthers running back. Uh, but yeah, CJ Stroud, the way he's played, that definitely played a role 
in David Tepper's decision to move on from Frank Reich. And I don't think that's all that surprising. So good to get that information. And um, also, interesting too, because there's been people who have asked me about this. Should the Panthers kind of sit Bryce Young? And there was the conspiracy when Bryce had the mystery ankle injury. And not quite sure when that occurred, but it happened at some point in time in the second half of that Saints game back on Monday Night Football in Week 2. Did not see Bryce Young in a boot. Uh, leaving the stadium or at practice. Just really weird all around what happened there. But Andy Dalton came in and started that game against Seattle, and that was the best passing performance Panthers have had all season, and I suspect will have all season long as you went for over 300 yards in that game in the loss uh, at Seattle earlier this season. And there are some people saying, hey, just stick with Andy Dalton, give Bryce some time to figure it out. And for me, going back to the beginning, and I had told you all this, I wasn't too caught up in when Bryce was going to play. I just felt like, okay, whenever he's ready, play him. And they decided very quickly, really going back to the end of OTAs, that Bryce Young was going to be their guy. And once Bryce was the starter going into mandatory minicamp and at the end of OTAs, can go into training camp, wasn't really surprised when they said, yeah, he's our guy because they had told everybody that back in June if you were paying attention to those practices. So I was cool with it if that's what they felt like was the right plan. Now, if they thought that Andy Dalton should be the number one and he should start off the season – as the bridge guy, and they wanted to wait until after the bye and start Bryce Young, or they wanted to wait until end of the season or after a week or two, I was going to be cool with that. I wasn't ready just to rush Bryce Young out there. If that's what they felt was right, then by all means. But now it's interesting to hear from Diana Rossini that despite the team trading up to number one draft Bryce Young and him starting off the season, uh, that by week five, multiple Carolina Panther coaches wanted to bench the rookie uh, for veteran quarterback Andy Dalton. Some believe the team needed to change, that Young required more coaching. And probably would have done Bryce Young some good, considering that with him going out there each and every week, while the experience is obviously uh, paramount, it's important for him and his development, he hasn't really improved all that much. We saw today just the backwards pass where Bryce is just trying to get rid of the ball. There's no one there. And those are kind of the things that we've seen where the bad habits that you really hope don't carry over to when he has a new coaching staff and to next season, that is the concern. And I don't think that you can really make an argument against Andy Dalton probably being the best uh quarterback on the roster right now, giving the Panthers the best chance to win football games. Uh, But really, when you give up that much of Bryce Young, and you pretty much have a three-year timeline to figure out whether he's the guy, then you're not going to really start, you're not going to bench him after you start him for two games, and yes, Danny Dalton came in and played well, you're going to want him out there. And at some point in time, I think he would have came back out and played. I don't know how much good it really would have done him to sit on the bench and to watch Andy Dalton, and I don't think that changes the fact that Frank Reich is no longer here in Carolina. Maybe they won a couple more games, and looking at the rest of the NFC South with Andy Dalton, while the O-line's terrible, the other receivers are terrible, the run game has been non-existent outside of today, maybe you have an opportunity to have four, maybe even five wins and be right in the thick of the NFC South race. Uh, but I guess we'll never know. But interesting to know that there was coaches that wanted to bench Bryce would like to know who those guys were. Uh, was it Josh McCown? <laughs> was it Deuce Daly? As those two guys are, of course, no longer here. And Chris Tabor did not want to get into the decision to get rid of them other than saying that he respects those guys and he's going to do whatever's best for the team. Was that best for the team to get rid of those two guys? Or were they uh, vocal about wanting to sit Bryce Young? 
Uh, I guess we may know down the line, but right now we do not know. Uh, another interesting point. Uh, people will ask about this. We covered it last week. I guess I covered it last week here on the podcast. Why Jero Vero was not the interim. And now we saw with Thomas Brown why he's not the interim. The guy needs to be focused on the offensive play calling, and he can't even do good at that. So definitely does not need to be the head coach of this football team or any football team anytime soon based on what we'll be seeing here this season uh, in Carolina. Not everything's on him, but damn, dude. Third and one, fourth and one, you, you don't want to run the football with a 100-yard back today. Just ridiculous. Uh, but apparently Panthers defensive coordinator Ajero Vero, who's done a great job, and according to plenty of insiders out there, is going to get an opportunity once again like last year to interview for head coaching jobs. And if I'm someone out there who is not completely lasered in and being just binary and only wanting an offensive coach, uh, that's a guy that I'd be extremely interested in. Won't get an opportunity here in Carolina because Tepper already is like, I need an offensive coach. Got to have an offensive coach. Uh, but we've seen down in Houston – Tamiko Ryan's not an offense coach, and C.J. Stroud's having a great season. Now, Bobby Slowick's probably done, obviously, a great job in helping that be the case, but right there, got a defensive guy, hired a good coaching staff around him, and what do you know? Your rookie quarterback's having success. So David Tepper maybe making the same mistake yet again, but we'll see how it works out as he's going to look for a new head coach. But Jero Vero was never approached by David Tepper to take the uh, interim head coaching position, uh, according to her league source. And also, interesting note that I didn't remember or even know, I honestly. Uh, apparently, last year in Denver, after Hackett was fired, Jero Vero was approached about being a head coach there, and he said, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and later he explained that he did not believe it was a good situation. So if he didn't think last year in Denver was a good situation under Hackett, probably doesn't look at Carolina as a good situation and also knows that no matter what happens, if they go 6-0 and had he been the interim head coach, that he was not going to get the head coaching job. So why have this stink on him? Just focus on his defense where he has done a tremendous job considering all the injuries uh, that he's had to deal with, getting this unit to be competitive and uh, give – any normal offense, just an average offense, an opportunity to win week in and week out. But, of course, that's not what we have here uh, in Carolina, thanks to the coaching staff and to the players that are around Bryce Young. Now, as far as candidates, uh, Diana Rossini came out and said that offense, that's what we're going to be looking for. Ben Johnson, that's going to be the name. Adam Schefter, uh, his league source, I was quoted saying that he wants to go the offensive route, which not a surprise to anyone out there. As soon as Reich was fired, that was reporting from – all the insiders out there, I think it was Schefter who was on Monday Night Football who immediately went up there and said that. And even like just people not even probably even source were just saying, yeah, I mean, he's going to go with the offensive coach. That's the way you do things in the league. You get a young offensive coach to pair up Bryce Young. Now you got to find someone who is willing to deal with Tepper and all his BS and also someone who loves Bryce Young, wants to work with Bryce Young. So we'll see if that's Ben Johnson, Brian Johnson, the OC for the Philadelphia Eagles, who Steve Wilkes had targeted as his OC. But, of course, that was not going to work out as Johnson was elevated after Shane Steichen got the Colts job there in Indianapolis. So Johnson's been the OC this, this season here in Philadelphia. The Eagles lost today to the 49ers, but still the number one seed as of this – well, right now <laughs> uh, in the NFC. And likely, I think, probably going to end up being the number one seed unless they just implode in the final five weeks of the season. But he's another name that they're going to be looking at. Nothing so far about Bobby Slowick, the offense coordinator down there in Houston or any other offensive names. But those will – of course, come out, still got to wait about a month and a half, maybe a little bit more before we really get any sort of uh, insight into who the candidates actually will be as the NFL is trying to slow down the hiring process of coaches. But Tepper, he's going for offense. Now, one question that does remain, though, and Adam Schefter reported about this, is 
What's going to happen with Scott Fitter and how is he still here? We'll talk about that report here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL on NFL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So why is Scott Fitterer still here? Many people are asking this question and wondering how that could be possible considering the Carolina Panthers are now a paltry 1-11 and this season. And since Fitterer has taken over, the Panthers had many poorer trades. They've also had plenty of draft picks that have not panned out so far. And even looking at the draft class this past spring, Bryce Young has not developed, I think in large part because of the coaching staff and what's around him. Uh, TBD on whether he will be the answer long term in Carolina. A uh, plenty of the anonymous coaching and scouting sources out there in the NFL still believe in Bryce Young. So, going to kind of side with them for now and see what happens. I do think that Bryce can still be a good player, but of course, there's a lot that needs to be fixed around him and a lot that he needs to fix as well for that to be the case. Uh, wondering also, but the rest of the the roster's not great, and that's Scott Fitter who brought the roster here. That's the rest of the front office. That's the coaching staff that collaborated with all of that. So Frank Reich not here in Carolina anymore because of the development or lack thereof of Bryce Young and looks like some infighting within his coaching staff and wanting to bench Bryce Young. Uh, but why is Scott Fitterer here right now in Carolina? According to Adam Schefter, uh, that may not be the case once the season ends. He said it also remains uncertain who will help guide Tepper. The Panthers haven't given general manager Scott Fitter any assurances that he will be retained, league sources said, though Carolina has intimated uh, to some around the NFL that it would like to keep Fitter. Even so, league sources believe Fitter's future remains up in the air. And this is a situation um, where he brought up that potentially the new head coach who comes here could decide that they want to bring their own general manager, that they don't want Scott Fitter to be the guy. And if that's the case, then, of course, Scott Fitter is out. Now, my thought would be don't have the head coach be the one who decides that decision. Either keep Fitter or don't keep Fitter. If you're going to keep Fitter, he's going to be a part of the hiring process. And it doesn't make any sense at all for him to be a part of the hiring process of the next head coach. Then that head coach come in and be like, actually, no, I want another general manager. You want to hire a GM first and then have that GM come in and then help you hire a head coach. Like that That's the way I believe things should work out. Now, really, they should have a president of football operations who then hires a general manager and then goes out there and hires a coach. 
But David Tepper doesn't seem to want to do that as of right now. Who knows that that will change? It kind of goes back to last offseason after Joe Brady was fired and Matt Rule was needing to find an offense coordinator. And there was a report from Jay Glazer about he's got to find a rock star OC to retain his job. Well, that was never going to happen because everyone knew that Matt Rule was on the hot seat. And if that was true at all, just fire Matt Rule. Why even bring him back? Or I guess it was two off-seasons ago. Like, why bring him back if it's dependent upon who he hires at OC and it's going to make it difficult to hire a rock star OC if that guy thinks he's going to be here only for a year? And the only guy they were able to get was someone in Ben McAdoo that no one else in the NFL would want to hire. And, of course, someone who... Worked there in New York with Tom Coughlin, who Matt Rule listens to every single thing he says. So that was stupid. And this would be stupid as well if they're going to have Fitter be a part of the hiring process of a new head coach. And then after it's all said and done, that head coach says, no, let's fire Scott Fitter. Like, that's just so stupid. But that's exactly the kind of thing that David Tapper and his organization would do. Either fire him or don't. Make a decision doesn't have to be today, doesn't have to be tomorrow, doesn't have to be next week. When the season's over, evaluate everything. Evaluate the roster and about the coaching staff, what guys you would like to keep around with the new head coach, but you really need to let the new head coach have a say in all that. It just doesn't make any sense. So this decision needs to be made after the season in January. It doesn't have to happen right now. Honestly, it's not going to do anything other than, I guess, make people feel better, just like we saw Frank Reich uh, getting rid of Frank Reich. It wasn't going to change the fact that you got Thomas Brown calling plays. He's absolutely clueless, and they went out there and lost again. But it made you feel better, I suppose. That would be the same case with Scott Fitterer. I don't know what he's doing right now. I, I, so, just, we'll see what happens. I, I've said that I don't believe everything is on Fitterer, but when you look at the trades, you look at the draft picks, he has a scouting background. That's why he got the opportunity to be the general manager in Carolina. I don't really see how there's much argument for him to be here when Frank Reich's not. That's just me. Like, he probably played a bigger role, definitely played a bigger role in assembly of the team the last couple of years uh, than Reich did. Like, the roster that Reich inherited, Fitter had way more uh, to do with that, plus the guys that they brought in this offseason than Reich did. I don't know, man. We'll see how that works out. And I guess two things from the game. J.C. Horn, he was on a pitch count today, barely played in the second half. So we'll see how much he plays next week. Then Jeremy Chin was active, but I didn't really see him out there that much. But we've seen that clearly Jero Vero and the defensive coaching staff don't seem to be that high on Jeremy Chin and his time in Carolina. Maybe could be coming to an end. Maybe it won't. Because if Jero Vero goes somewhere else to be a head coach or to be a D.C., uh, possibly Jeremy Chin gets an opportunity with a new coaching staff to actually be a key role, uh, play a key role. I would like that for that to be the case, but uh, not sure whether that will be the case. So, TBD on all of that. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Uh, and be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where I'll be back on Wednesday to answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. 
Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.